Guests over. Just uh, hide these nails here and uh, cover up this. Uh, I think it's vomit. Might be feces. Dog or child? I'm not sure. Oh well. Oh, knock at the door. Oh, if it isn't Eric and Mark. I wasn't expecting either of you. Come on in. Hello. Uh, yes, it is good to be in out of the cold. I'll tell you that. Well, um, I, I t you know, I actually, I'm glad you guys are, are here. Uh, it is far, far too cold outside, and also, we've warned people. We warned them quite a bit a few years ago. Now here it is. Omicron, the nomad soul, is running rampant in the world. We were at the forefront of warning people. Did anybody listen? No. No. So here we are. Uh, I'm sure that's uh, exactly how that video game played out. It was a all a prophecy. Um, and we were the ones, the messengers, if you will, uh, to warn the masses. But it is sure nice and toasty to be here. Oh, I, I think I just stepped in something. But uh, uh, thank you, Steve. And uh, I think Eric probably already tripped over four things on his way in. Um, Eric, are you alright back there? I'm I, fine, I'm fine. Sorry I'm, I'm, I'm late. Speaking of video games, I uh, bought myself an early Christmas present, uh, I, uh, the uh, Duke Nukem game, and I caught myself in the second level just in the strip club giving digital dollars to, to the dancers just over and over in a loop. I just couldn't stop doing it. And, um, two hours went by. I almost was late today, but here I am. Um, Time and uh, virtual money well spent, I'm sure. Uh, you know. That's right. Happy to be here, though. Happy to be here. It's now like an almost annual tradition where we uh, go up to Steve's uh, cabin up in the woods. We have yet to uh, find the buried treasure um, that he says haunts those woods. Um, and it is a haunting of treasure. Uh, I know that I'm crossing my streams a little bit from the holidays, but you know, these holidays, you two uh, definitely get to spend it in a uh, profession, I would say, a chosen profession that gives you the luxury to enjoy this holiday season with your friends and family. For me, um, I am lowly Bob Cratchit uh, that just got to duck away for just maybe 30 minutes because, um, uh, you know, the coal needs to be put into the furnace somehow and somewhere, and I am that person to do it. Um, so I really hope that uh, you are enjoying the holiday season. Um, I am, My blackened heart is getting blacker by the year, and uh, it is always nice to see you too. Um, and especially Steve is very jolly holly in this time of year. Um, so maybe this is just what the doctor ordered. No, so thank, thanks for stopping by, guys, even though I didn't uh, expect you. I sensed it, you know, the, 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 fellow, the fellowship of the podcasting brotherhood. You can always sense when your podcast brothers are in the area. And I'm glad that you can come in from the, uh, the Omicron cold out there. Uh, and, and Mark, yes, I, you know, I know... I know you've been you've become a miser the last uh, few years. I mean, you've been a miser all your life, but it's just getting worse. Let's face it. Um, was the miser? Now that you mention that, wasn't he the villain in one of those Rankin and Bass? Is the Burgermeister? <laughs> the Burgermeister. The Burgermeister. <laughs> Something of that that nature. I watched. Uh, 
I watched Jack Frost a few days ago. Did you guys ever watch that one with the stupid groundhog in the beginning? No, the only one I've seen is, uh, well, this is a lie, but I think it was a Michael Keaton joint where it's a uh, blues playing snowman. And uh, yeah, there's a few Jack. Yeah, there's that. There's the yeah. uh, the horror Jack Frost. Um, I've seen that one. That one's a. Isn't there a Jack Frost with uh, George Clooney in it, or am I getting things mixed up here? No, that's Michael Keaton, and I actually think uh, friend of January Six, Jay Johnston, plays the uh, re- news reporter in that in that movie. <laughs> no, I, don't, I think it was uh, PFT. I think he has uh, shown. Well, no, oh. he's in the audience. Think, he's in the audience. Well, it was. Yes. Oh, that's in that's Magnolia. No, that's I swear to God, there is a clip. No, that's there. Ricky Jay. That's the uh, magician. <laughs> no, I swear to God, there is what? a clip of um, no. at the very beginning well, credits. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins is in the crowd. Oh, okay. Well, it's directed. It's directed by Tr- Troy Miller, who directed all of the video stuff on this. And uh-huh. Rodney Rotten. I, I think a few. A few, a few Yes, and I think a few of them are in that that Jack Frost. Movie. Well, to, to that, uh, <sighs> you know, as as I get older, I've always liked Christmas. But I gotta tell you, in my opinion, it, it, it's these last few years I've been going. Yeah, Christmas. I, I don't know if it's because my entire work year is uh, just in, in, all our all our jobs are intense in their own ways. But at least you know it gets it gets wet and cold, and at least at the very end of the year, even though uh, in our we're trying to close out a bunch of jobs right now, and everybody all along said, "Oh, California's in a drought." It'll be fine. The weather's not going to affect us this winter. And uh, what have we had? Two atmospheric storms and then uh, the, the uh, a blizzard recently. So all my plans have been blown out of, uh, down the street, literally. And we're trying like like mad to close some things out before the end of the year. But despite all of that, despite all of these uh, clients that are angry, they might they might not. Uh, get their end-of-the-year tax credit. Well, actually, if you guys want to know about the solar tax credit, it actually is being held at 26% this year and next year. Usually it drops every year. But because of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. President Trump, in all his wisdom, signed a freeze on the tax credit. You guys hear what I just said right there? I have to repeat that often. Just like I did right there. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyhow, I, I do still really enjoy the holidays, no matter how stressed I am. I've been putting a bunch of holiday movies on. We finally got the house in a, you know, the, the renovating has taken months now. And uh, we're getting there. But we, we made it, and a lot of this is my wife. Most of it is my wife. To a place to where we can have a, a small tree up and some lights in one room, and uh, I don't know. I think I think since my kids, the kid, the staggering of the ages now are six and two, no, six and one and a half. Anyways, the six, the, the six-year-old, he's really into Christmas, and the one and a half-year-old kind of just likes likes being around, and I think being able to share things with the kiddos. The stupid traditions that might seem annoying, uh, even like dressing a tree or looking at Christmas lights, that's a lot funner with kids. So th- there you go. I, that aspect of it, Mark, does that still do it for you at all, or is it just still uh, nothing there? Dead. I mean, being able to see the magic in you know my kids' eyes is very nice. Uh, everything leading up into December is always... Uh, from the end of Thanksgiving uh, to uh, December 31st is always a time of the year, uh, seeing how I have been in a retail slash sales environment for 20 plus years. Um, it has been just wrenched out of me like a dirty dish rag. I'd never done a crazy thing in my life before that night. Why is it if a man kills another man in battle, it's called heroic? Yet if he kills a man in the heat of passion, it's called murder. Hello! What do you think you're doing? Only me and Garth get to talk to the camera. Come on. Any sort of magical feelings I felt about Christmas, um, it is now just being able to uh, 
still not rain on any of the parade uh, from you know my kids because I b- strongly believe Christmas is a uh, holiday for children has a lot of magic into it. Uh, I not a religious person at all. I'm the antithesis of that. So all of the religio- religiosity around this time of year is also a little exhausting. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm doing it for the kids. Uh, but for myself, I mean, it is such a time of the year where not only do you have all of these other things going on in your life, now you've got the expectation of family get-togethers, which, you know, they're fine. I don't mind family get-togethers, but there's always this atmosphere and air of expectations. Um, well, th- but this year, again, we get to we, we might be able to accidentally kill family members again. That's good. I'm glad that, that, that came back. <laughs> Just, uh, Never went away. Case, I know it's, yeah. It didn't, no, it didn't go away. And now uh, the Nomad Soul's ripping through and cases are on the rise again. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, all the, like really, I was going to just like probably go over to my mom's house with a small group of people there. And then maybe uh, maybe the weekend after see a couple other family members. And all of a sudden, now everyone's like, I don't know. And, and I I don't blame anyone that has doubt because no one wants to get sick. I don't care how many vaccinations we've gotten. If you don't want to get sick, I don't blame you. But the fact we're not over this thing yet because people couldn't just do what was smart irritates the shit out of me. Omicron wouldn't be a, pro- a problem if uh, everybody would have buckled down and did their part. Like, you know, it was the war effort, and we were all stripping, stripping tire tire fields for old rubber for war bonds or some such. I don't, I'm, I mean, I'm mixing my my patriotic uh, efforts of World War II, but you guys get my point. Well, in this day and age, it almost seems like if we were all on a sinking ship and we all had to get to the lifeboats, there's a certain percentage of uh, real tough guys, real alphas out there that'd be like, oh, you know, lifeboat. And um, instead of just not letting other people get on the lifeboat, they're actually uh, creating uh, obstacles for people to get on the lifeboat. Um, Yeah, and you don't need a lifeboat either. Exactly. Exactly. You just gotta believe in either um, that some miracle will save us, or what, you just not a good swimmer? I'm gonna just rely on my swimming skills. Well, Mark, faith over fear, as the T-shirt on the lady at the Rayleigh's told me. Faith over fear. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that worked out for the six million Jews that died in the Holocaust. God. <laughs> well, Eric, since you're the one that... Uh, so, so, so Mark has these, uh, these uh, retail-adjacent uh, feelings for the holiday that have blackened him. I just, for whatever reason, uh, go outside and snort dirt up like it's uh, Christmas crack around the holidays, even though uh, in construction there's some level of anxiety at the end of the year to get things done, no matter what holiday it is. You're a teacher, or you're, you know, you're in the teaching profession. You guys take like, I don't know, five months off a year? So how do you, how do you feel about <laughs> Christmas? I mean, you get to just relax again. Another break for Eric. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, a union job, you know, hail, hail the mighty union. Um, uh, yeah, I get, I get two weeks off for, for, for winter. I get ski week in January, uh, another week off in spring. Of course, don't forget about Thanksgiving just passed. And then, you know, I get, I get three weeks in the summer. Um, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know what I would, I definitely the in the last decade of having kids, um, I enjoyed seeing seeing them, and I it, it was hard for me to enjoy the holiday as well for different reasons than Mark. Uh, I was really struggling financially for for a lot of years, and so the holidays would be super stressful for me. That's gotten better with my new job, so I've been able to relax. Nobody a likes bit. a braggart, Eric. I still like. I still got a little, uh, I still get a little claustrophobic when the the Christmas decorations come out before Thanksgiving. Uh, but I lose the war on Christmas the day after Thanksgiving, and and, and and the kids get so excited to set it up, and and, and I enjoy it. 
Um, I enjoyed the I enjoyed traditions growing up, and I kind of forgot about them. And now I kind of have a similar feeling with the traditions we set up with our kids. So I do enjoy that. Mark, I'm I'm also not religious yet. I just love a baby Jesus. I have 47 toy baby Jesuses in the house. Uh, dolls, porcelain, uh, Hummels. It's it's it's, it's uh, you know every I, I color know, and creed. I don't really... It's. <laughs> Uh, there is a prayer room, you know. Eric has set up uh, like Carrie's yes. mom, you know. Well, to to the religious right. aspect yes. of it, I'm not a religious guy at all, but I can separate uh, the Christian or Judeo-Christian, whatever I don't know, aspect of Christmas from what I like about Christmas. I mean, the songs are the songs, and I mean, for God's sakes. You know, I've got a, if you, I, I've got a Christmas mix list a mile long, with and it's got songs. You know, it's got Man of War, Rob Halford, and Ronnie James Dio all doing uh, their own versions of Silent Night or God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, and I take those words coming out of people's mouths as serious as I do when those three men also sing. They're typical metal songs about wizards, motorcycles, and uh, demons. It's all just it's all just words, sure, you know. Folklore. Yeah, it's folklore. folklore. It's all folklore. folklore. So I don't, I know, I'm able. It's at least yeah, as far as the songs yeah. go. Uh, I can get right by right. it, and I, I could, I can scream out, right. "Holy, you know, Silent Night" with the best of them. Sure. 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 Um, yeah. So I mean, I. Uh, I think I, I'm trying to do something lately, just as dismal as the world's been, and just trying to. It sounds cheesy, but honestly, just trying to enjoy when things aren't atrocious, and uh, you know, a little nostalgia around the holidays. It's a, it can be a good thing. Um, one of my favorite traditions is when the stores start selling Sierra Nevada's Celebration, fresh off IPA. Had a few IPA. of those. Had a few of those a, in the last couple of weeks. A win. Yeah, a winter IPA. Delicious. I don't drink it the rest of the year. It's not available the rest of the year. But when it comes out, I gotta tell you, I love it. So this episode brought to you by Sierra Nevada's Celebration Fresh Off IPA. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm doing all right. Well, to to the nostalgia right. of it all. Uh, I think we did. We did. Did we do a Christmas movies special last year? Did we? Okay. Sure did. Um, I can't remember what my list was. Because I, I have not gone back and revisited it. And we're not going to go through our lists again. But as I have gotten older, man, do I love It's a Wonderful Life more and more as the years go by. I find myself watching it every year now. Watched it again this weekend. And it gets me every time at multiple times. But beyond the messages of the movie, of which, you know, uh, you know the one man's... The, the difference one man can make in their life and also you know, the, you know, a lot of friends you're richer than uh, old man Potter across the way when I was watching it this weekend something that clicked in me which is why I like it so much even beyond the uh, the acting and the, and the lines is I love that it ha- it's all they created that entire town is all in the set and I love in those older movies when they had towns that were totally on a set and it looked like a stage play and the way the shadows look at night scenes. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But speaking, you know, any that, that's It's a Wonderful Life. We've all seen It's a Wonderful Life many times. We've all seen many Christmas movies many times. <clears throat> what other movies this year? Anything, anything worth bringing up at the end of the year that stuck with you? Or have you caught up in anything recently? I mean, this is a... We haven't got to see each other in person in a while, so just... What's going on? What's going on in the movie world? What's something that you recently watched that uh, is worth mentioning? I always... Uh, man, at these year-end reviews, or what have, you, what have you really enjoyed this year? I always revert back to probably like the last two months, or two weeks. Two months would be even more generous. Uh, but... Uh, I mean, I've been catching up with a lot of the Marvel properties. You've got um, the Black Widow movie. Uh, 
is it uh, Shay Shay Ling? What what is what is that one? I'm, this is the Ten Rings movie. Uh, help me out there. What yes. what's it called? Did you say Shay Bling? Shay Ling or Shay Shing or what is it? Shang Chi. Shang Chi. There we go. My God. Shay Bling. <laughs> Shay Bling sounds like a uh, female rap artist from 1998. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know if I said that, um, but uh, yeah. Um, that one was a pretty good movie. It definitely made me think of like the latest uh, Disney animated movie, um, Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, it was good. You can definitely see that it, in our old age, we're spending less and less time going to the Art House films, your new Wes Andersons, or your new Paul Thomas Andersons would have been at the top of our list when we were younger. But here we are just watching whatever we can while we dedicate all our time to our children, our jobs, and this hobby we call a podcast. And then the Hawkeye show, um, all of that's good. But uh, I know that you two uh, are not really on this train. But yeah, as I get older, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Westerns. Um, last year, during the height of the pandemic, when pretty much you're just wa- looking for anything, any show... Uh, me and me and the wife came across the show Yellowstone, and it's not great in the sense of it being high quality TV. I mean, it's good. Um, I'm personally a fan. I can't miss any episode. Um, it's just one of those things. But if you hold it up to things like Breaking Bad and The Sopranos, it's not gonna it's not gonna be in the pantheon there in terms of you know high quality because some of the storylines are very like. What are we watching Dallas here? Are we watching Son of Sons of Anarchy? But I like that shit. You know, uh, what what can I say? Um, as, as does as my uh, stepfather and every other guy out there that looks like Kenny Rogers. Sure, exactly. Yellowstone. Have you watched Yellowstone yet? But um, on Paramount Plus uh, uh, today, actually, as a matter of fact, um, they premiered the first two episodes of the uh, prequel show called 1883 um it's all made by taylor sheridan um who has made some really good modern uh, gritty stuff like hell or high water uh wind river um he's also doing another show on paramount plus called mayor of kingstown with jeremy renner um but I was very impressed, despite the cast looking like they're straight out of the CMT show. Um, I was pretty impressed of what's going on there so far. Um, uh, I like westerns, and I don't really get to see a lot of them um, done on television as much. And uh, yes, that puts me in a crowd with a lot of the uh, knucklehead flag wear uh, that are, you know, thinking they're really cute by saying, let's go, Brandon. Um but whatever it is, I, I, I do like those types of shows. Um, and I, this year I've been watching a whole healthy dose of Star Trek. Um, I think also in the height of the pandemic last year, I took it upon myself to have a mission statement to complete every single thing in the Star Trek um, franchise shows, uh, namely. So I'm still working through Enterprise, Voyager, um, and of course, Deep Space Nine, and uh, it's just been nothing but either bouncing between Star Trek, Marvel properties, um, and waiting for Peaky Blinders to finally come out from the shadows so they can finally no finish that up. Yeah, yeah. I think they finished filming the last season of that, and then there's supposed to be a movie. That'll be exciting. Yeah, and in, in, in regards to, you know, I think it's actually great when you can find media that is a common ground with uh, the other people out there that you might not share their values with. It's good to know that sometimes people can at least agree on something. So it's hard, it's hard to not agree on uh, Sam Elliott's mustache. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, and um, I mean, so far I think. Uh, if Yellowstone is a little too soap opery for you, um, I think that the sensibilities of just kind of like an unforgiven type uh, Western, um, 1883 is probably more up your alley. 
Uh, Tim McGraw, apparently he's got a little bit of acting chops on him, so good for him. Um, and, you know, like I said, Sam Elliott shows up. Tom Hanks shows up in one scene. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton is also puts his face on there. Um, so far, I'm liking it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, as far as Star Trek goes, I think that fits into the same category. Who doesn't love Star Trek? I mean, who, Only how can you not? Exactly. And uh, is, is Deep Space Nine, is it starting to kind of go where I, I kept telling you it might go as far as quality-wise? Oh, yeah. I mean, it ramps up. I mean, the whole series. It's very interesting because as I'm watching all three of, like, all the different franchises out there, uh, Voyager is taking its time to find its stride, and that's I'm I'm in season four for fuck's sake. Um, and Enterprise, it has some good storylines, but man, it's it suffers from that early two thousands kind of look that you would find on the CW or UPN, um, and so it just you know like a supernatural type show, uh, and that's the name of the show, Supernatural. Um, but it's got some good storylines. It definitely is the beginning of Star Trek becoming serialized that Discovery um, is really doing. Um, Discovery is a little heavy-handed at points, but uh, that's another really fun show, too. I actually uh, have some overlap with all, a lot of you this this year, but I did I did go deeper. I did not do your ambitious job there, Mark, watching every show. But, um, you know, on Steve's, uh, I'll say, recommendation or uh, heavy-handed... Bullying. Just straight-up entertainment bullying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, and, I, and I thank him for it. Uh, Deep Space Nine is better than I could have imagined. Um, dynamic characters. Engaging, ongoing story. Uh, I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it as well. And then um, on Mark's recommendation, I picked back up on Discovery. Uh, and I don't know if it was just because I was a little hungover this morning or what, but I uh, I got I, I cracked a few tears during an episode. Eric, Eric's, an Eric says that once a day, no matter what's happening, usually at work. I don't, I don't know if it's because I'm a little hungover this morning, but uh, I'm reading this report. I don't have a hangover every day, sir. I, I Listen, I know last year at this party, I drank so much eggnog that I walked upstairs. I carried Towns down to sleep on the couch and took his bed because I but because I, I was really, uh, uh, really just in a, it was just a bad night. But this year I'm fine. But Discovery has some epic action and some really good payoff character wise, even in that first season. I got a little, I got a little misty at a moment in the episode I just watched. I really liked it. Um, yeah, as far as movies go, uh, you know, I am not going to dig into it at the risk of sounding pretentious. Uh, Criterion Channel is a is a blessing. They curate wonderful things every month for those that want to get a little a little uh, a little out there in their in their viewing. Um, and uh, and then on that too, I mean, I mean, HBO Max is like theater films that show up to stream. It's been great. We're, we haven't been quite ready to go to a theater yet, and and uh, now certainly not the time. So I mean, we saw Dune, and I gotta say, like, I can't get my wife to enjoy a new movie to save her life, and she is a biggest Dune nerd you'll ever meet. She can tell you what happens five books in, and she loved that new movie, and. Uh, and and of course I did too, but it was just a, it was just a, when I could see her enjoying it, I was like, okay. It's so rare that you ever see her enjoy anything when you're in the room. So <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. When I'm around. Exactly. Exactly. That, that Dune, uh, that, I tell you, but, yeah, not, uh, that, that was one of the few times I've tried. I went to the movie theaters twice this year, once alone, once with my wife. I went and saw Dune by myself and earlier in the year, the wife and I went and saw the remake of Candyman. And uh, I enjoyed myself at both those movies, but Dune exceeded my expectations. Yeah, yeah, and it's I, I like the book, but it's it's dry and it's very much like reading a history book. So the fact that they're able to mine some like very real like relationships and, and emotional moments is is awesome. I mean, David Lynch could do the same thing too. I mean, just Patrick Stewart running with his mullet, carrying a puppy, and as, as explosions go around him, uh, have a similar effect, but. <laughs> Uh, this this movie was definitely more faithful to the source material for sure. Um, 
And yeah, TV. I mean, like I said, Star Trek. I I, I definitely am you know going in. Started Picard as well. And uh, Steve and I both did a Sopranos run through um, this year, which is just comfort. It's a, that is as comforting as a uh, as a giant vat of, of baked ziti. Yeah, I couldn't believe how how quickly I burned through it. We rewatching it again, and as it gets closer, it, it's consistently great. We all know that it's Sopranos, arguably the best show of all time. It's great throughout, but as it gets towards the end, like I just couldn't stop. It's and it's not because it was like like what would happen next. Honestly, towards the end of it, you carry less about what's happening and more about how they're doing it because they really start to focus on different types of uh, dynamics on the show of characters interacting with each other or focusing a little bit here and there on guys that you never think you're going to spend more time with. It's uh, uh oh, even you know yeah, Jan that baby in the background like Janice has a baby. And you start to wonder, how would Janice be as a mom? Guess what? She's terrible. Images you said. The point is, Gary Cooper, the real Gary Cooper, or anybody named Cooper, never suffered like the Italians. You met a guy like him, they fucked everybody else. The Italians, the Polacks, the Blacks. I don't know, if he was a medagon around nowadays, he'd, he'd be a member of some victim's group. The fundamentalist Christians, the abused cowboys, the gays, whatever the fuck. He was gay, Gary Cooper? No! Are you listening to me? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's that. At the end of the Twitter went crazy for Succession this year. I like to, you know, not to pull this card, but I've been a fan since episode one because I'll watch anything that Brian Cox is in. And uh, that, that show I find to be very funny you just have to realize in the very early on that there's no character you're going to root for and and then it's just like how funny can you make this titanic sinking that's how you have to kind of look at the show and uh uh i i it always it always impresses me every episode with uh how out, outrageous it gets kieran colkin awesome sarah snook amazing just absolute icon uh and then all the scenes with uh Oh, Tom and Greg character. They're, they're just comedy. They're the new uh, Laurel and Hardy. They're just everything they're in together, every scene they're in together is gold. That's that. I get very excited for that show, and it's, it's over now uh, for, the, for the year. Yeah, I still I, I appreciate those that like it. I mean, there's nobody redeemable on it from what I hear. Some could say for the most part, The Sopranos was mostly unredeemable people, but I felt I could... Uh, I still wanted to spend time with uh, Tony Soprano and his friends. From the first two episodes of Succession I watched, sure. that's all I watched. And then from everything I've read since from the people that like it, and I'm not saying it's bad. I just feel like the people on that show just are not for me. <laughs> I just, I just, I can't do it. No, they shouldn't be for you. If they are for you, well, you probably wouldn't like the show uh, because they, they basically show how absolutely evil they are. Um, yeah, I know. It's more like appreciating, I guess, writing and, and craft and, and like the craft of acting and all that than actually rooting for characters. That's not going to happen. Uh, or if it is, then you probably should should ask yourself some pretty deep questions. Um, but anyways, a uh, lot of lot of a lot of watching happening, a lot of watching happening. this. And week. I mean, that is that is uh, maybe one day I'll break through like uh the nomad soul is seeming to do across America and watch it because, uh, you know, Brian Cox, Eric, as we tell, we, we have our guys and Brian Cox is one of them. Uh, it's like Brian Cox, Steven Root. And, uh, I'd say, I don't know. <laughs> Rip Torn. <laughs> and Rip Torn. It may, it may be, uh, yeah. Oh, who's that actor that surprised me this weekend when I finally watched Black Widow? I had no idea who was in it. Oh yeah, Ray yeah. Winston. Ray they're all they're all from yeah. this like, you know, drunken, greasy, bloated, but can really you know cut you with a word group of individuals. So I, I love yes, that. Yes, yes. And I, I did I did finally get around yes. to watching Black Widow, and uh, it was actually a lot better than I expected. I don't know what I expected. I expected something middling maybe, and it was just you know I know the Marvel formula. 
But I felt like it was more of like a Metal Gear movie than a typical Marvel movie. I liked it. What'd you guys think? I liked it. I uh, I also hold like uh, Winter Soldier as at least top one or two Marvel movies. So the espionage stuff, I think they they pull off pretty well. Um, and I like it. And 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 uh, once I, I think David Harbor once he's reintroduced about you know halfway through the movie it just starts cooking all the way to the end um and you know i i I like the black widow character i liked her in the movie she's a nice like a foil um and it's interesting to see like that past when they were you know um you know double agents in america and and that that just all very interesting Uh, david david harbour i I usually like anything david harbour's in i won't debase myself and watch that new Hellboy because I'm a huge Hellboy fan, and I just feel like it looks like it, it looks like it doesn't get the point of Hellboy at all. And uh, maybe I'm judging a maybe I'm judging a book by its cover. Did you ever watch it, Eric yeah. or Mark? Uh, I, I started it, and it was it was way too like much. It didn't it didn't have any like atmosphere or character. And uh, and 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 listen, speaking of our guys. It, 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 you know, no Ian McShane in that could could save it, you know. So, uh, no, I didn't uh, watch that. But I will say, with Black Widow, um, I really did enjoy that movie. Surprisingly, in the sense that it took me by surprise. I thought it was going to be just a by the numbers, um, but it was very good because of the chemistry that Scarlett Johansson has with Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh is, um, I don't even know, hopefully I'm pronouncing that last name correctly, uh, but she's she definitely kept that movie very interesting. Yeah, no, um, uh, that's the reason I went back and watched it was because I've been enjoying Hawkeye quite a bit. Hawkeye yeah. is based off a comic I like. It's based around Christmas, and it's very uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang in that regard, I think. Yeah. And also, yeah. when she popped up in the, oh, spoilers, she popped up in the last episode. And I was like, whoa, I really like this lady. And uh, the wife told me she's in Midsummer and some other stuff. And I was like, wow, I, I had no idea. I, like, I knew she was in the Black Widow movie, but she is really good at her version of Black Widow Jr. And, uh, yeah, the movie was great. She was awesome. She, it wouldn't have been as great so without her. Speaking, speaking, of, speaking of Florence Pugh and Christmas... Uh, if there could be a gift that just makes me feel warm about Christmas, it would be the scene that she's in in the movie Little Women when their dad finally comes home and it's Bob Odenkirk and he opens the door, Oh, my little women! And they all run up to him. I, mean, I imagine that's a spoiler as well. <laughs> not really. It's a little no, older. No, not really. Yeah, no, she's in that in Midsummer. That's all I know. Unfortunately, she's dating Zach Braff, I'm told. Talk about a... Uh, I think she can do a little better than Zach Braff. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, I, re- I really li- I liked the Black Widow movie. And, uh, spoilers again, the end credit scene, Elaine Bennis popped up. And, uh, I forgot that she's part of the Marvel Universe now. <laughs> Which I just find hilarious that Julia Louise Dreyfus is one of the bad guys in the Marvel world. And then later tonight... Yeah, she showed up in Falcon and the Snowmen. Or Falcon and the Snowmen. Yes, she did show up in Falcon and the Snowmen. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is not America. This is what America was also in there. Yeah. Falcon, But every time I watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I always thought of Falcon and the Snowman. And it was obviously a, uh, a nod to that shit, you know? Of course. No, and then uh, yeah. the, the, I put National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation on tonight, which is a movie I've been warming up to over the years. I used to, I think it's just because everybody likes it. I used to say it's overrated, but it's not. It's a good, it's good for what it is. It's funny, and I find I think you hated on it this very this very episode last year. All right, well I then I, I remember you hating on. I've it. warmed up on it in the last year. Then <laughs> yes, yeah, that's fine. I think I'm retracting my statement. I was too hard on it. It's funny. And her and her, uh, the character next door, are hilarious to me. Now, <laughs> yeah. so there you go. People, people can, despite what the Sopranos says, people can change, Eric. <laughs> and that's the Sopranos, man. Revisiting that, I mean, it's not all oh, the mob stuff is so surface level, and I know that's why everybody like likes it. There's a lot more going on there, but the whole show is about how hard it is for people to change who they are. That's what the whole show is. And I go like. Characters across the board, that's what it's all about. 
Yeah. That and a great soundtrack. Right. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a lot of just, yeah, just, uh, yeah, as far as like um, changing and all that, it's one thing I like about it too is, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of root characters are Tony and Carmella. And obviously, Tony has his, like, the violent criminal personality but Carmela is not like your you're just like put like put out wife with it she has her own issues and in some ways she's like well obviously she benefits from Tony's lifestyle um, and she wants to change but she really can't and then and uh, from 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 enjoying that um, and you know in, in, in some ways especially with her Catholicism uh, in, in some ways, Tony's more socially progressive than she is, uh, and, uh, and 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 yeah, and it causes a lot of tension with the you know with the next generation, their kids, you know. Yeah, um, in the in the veto episodes, Tony is actually much more socially progressive than most of the people around him. It seems. Right, right. Uh, but anyways, yeah, no, The Sopranos. I mean, I th- I look forward to my next rewatch. I know it's gonna, like I said, it's gonna be a. Oh, it's like going to be like a warm belly of pasta. If I had to pick just one season to watch again, season five, I think, is the best one for a complete story with multiple arcs. That's the Steve Buscemi season. And uh, yes, oh, the, yes. The, the, the finale of that one, it's got that reoccurring Van Morrison song. Um, Glad Tidings. That's great. Gets me. Gets me. Right. Gets me in the feels. Good stuff. Before we move away from what we've been watching, um, and these are these are the things that we've been watching. One thing I've been curious about, I really want to watch it, and I wonder if either of you did. And if one of us did, it was probably Eric. Have you watched the show Yellow Jackets I've been reading about? I, ha- I actually don't have Showtime. Mark, have you watched the no. show? <laughs> I have, uh, no. Tell me the premise. Uh, it's like it about a, a bunch of animated, girls in uh, like Yellow a, Jackets. I'm going to get it wrong. But it's going to be like a bunch of girls on a soccer team in like the 80s or something. Their plane goes down and there's like an alive situation. And then it has dual storylines of them surviving that, but then how they are as adults. And I think they break off into like some like cannibalistic tribes. And it's got Juliette Lewis in it and uh, Christina Ricci, I think. And apparently there's a supernatural element to it. I don't, it sounds like Alive meets It meets uh, Sorority something or other. <laughs> Just this actually sounds that actually sounds like my cup of tea. Uh, yeah, it sounds way cooler than I thought it was supposed to be from the promo images. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So yeah, there's my recommendation that, for something really for us to check out that might be really good or really bad. Well, uh, you know it's cold outside. We I got to kick you guys out soon. Because there's a, another Metallica special coming on at 9 o'clock. Metallica Live. Uh, 40 years of Metallica. I watched the first part of it Friday. I'm going to watch the first, uh, the second part of it tonight. They played a hell of a set list. They played the song Fixer Live for the first time. Great song. Uh, but before we go, a couple more things. Eric, a really, really big development this year was how much you finally succumbed to the... Bioshock religion that Mark and I have been devotees to. <laughs> yes. And could you tell us a little about your time with Bioshock Infinite that you completed? Oh, I'd be be happy to. I mean, uh, this will be yeah, your this is your birth- game of the year for a game that came out about nine years ago. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, yeah, so for my son's birthday, uh, knowing full well that I would benefit from this, uh, us and 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 the uh, grandparents went in on a PS5 and then my wife's hard work staying up late uh, getting on a waiting list and refreshing her browser uh, was actually able to score one because they've been really hard to get all year Um, and of course you know it's beautiful everything looks beautiful Uh, but I was like yo we gotta get a little Bioshock and and you know it was a selfish I've got got to get Marge this bowling ball Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> exactly. It was a selfish purchase. The the Bioshock collection all comes in one in one game, and, and it's like twenty bucks. It's, it's it's not bad. 
because the PS5 actually plays PS4 games, which is uh, apparently a a good call on their part, because a lot of good games on there. But um, uh, Lennox actually really likes the games, so it's 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 a score, especially Infinite. He really enjoys all the uh, hooking on to, to the lines and swinging around and jumping on people. He thinks it's hilarious. Um, but yes, yes, you know, as far as a game, like, obviously I like the first one. It's a really good story, good atmosphere, um, you know, it making subtle social jabs at, like, class warfare. Um, I loved that first game when I played it a few years ago. But I played it on a computer, and it was hard to get through when you're playing on a, <laughs> on a mouse. So... I got this also pretty I just, hard, I pretty hard to get through when you're playing on a work computer that you shouldn't be playing games on, huh? This is also true. This is also true. Of course, when I'm playing on my home Wi-Fi, you know, no one's the wiser. Sounds uh, like somebody well, already thought this through. Office. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, so the, the the you know playability smooth. You know, playing on the big TV much better, much nicer on my eyes. Uh, and, you know, the story's, the story's great. I mean, the thing about Bioshock is the story's going to carry it along. But you're not going to have to wait long for action in between story and, and searching for stuff. And, and the mechanics are a lot of fun because you go between, like, really fun weapons, like, like uh, steampunk weapons and, like, superpowers. Um, and, uh, and then in the end, it's this brain buster of, like, a, you know, of, of a sci-fi concept that I would have that I love in movies, and they pull it off in some ways more effective because you've been so immersed in the story And uh, at the end of the game. And uh, definitely ended feeling uh, so satisfied. So, hell of a game, Bioshock Infinite. If you've played it before, play it again. If you haven't, and you have access to it, you're going to love it. I mean, there is there is some crossover between Bioshock Infinite's uh, morality tale, or or philosophical question is there is it's a wonderful life one sure. man making sure. a difference and all the elements around them if they if or if they are not there right right yeah, I was very very happy over the years Mark and I would make inside jokes about Bioshock and we would just say lines together about uh, would you kindly an old man Comstock and Mark, I, I'm sure you're as happy as I am that finally Eric can join us and enjoying this, this this thing. Oh, certainly. Yeah, I was I was playing through this years ago, and um, I haven't finished my uh, playthrough. I tried to do it uh, side by side with Eric, but um, you know, life happened, um, and I just wasn't able to keep pace. Uh, but I'm very, very pleased that Eric can finally join the club and just realize of why we were so over the moon of this game. Um, I think that it, uh, I'm sure that uh, Eric had some of the similar thoughts as I was playing through. So a lot of that stuff is uh, going on today. Um, it was very prescient in that. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. Uh, it's kind a of religion based on like just the bad parts of American history. Yeah. Where they're like worshiping John Wilkes Booth and uh, and then like the yeah. think like the whole like uh, capitalism machine and uh, you it's know, a little close to home busting and all that <laughs> the issues of race um, yeah yeah I mean yeah, exactly. it, it was uh, it's a pretty intense game I mean and yeah. uh, as Eric was playing through it I very recall that you had texted us like this is a pretty ballsy game in terms of the themes and concepts that it was really laying out. Um, but yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it, it definitely transcends a Call of Duty shooter, which I do like my shooters when it comes to games, but uh, that one is a philosophical class, um, as you're also just shredding through people. <laughs> they, uh, the, the screeching bird monster in that game, it manages to convey a sense of horror and dread that few games ever had for me, when that thing's flying around you and you're like climbing the stairs of a lighthouse yeah it uh you know as men of a certain age who have full time careers and kids like I can't like it a game has to really hit the sweet spot between I need to spend enough time with it to get invested and then it has to be really really good and that's why I hardly complete a video game like every few years and I think many adults are the same way but 
The ones that you finally can stick it out with really stick with you. Um, I mean, yeah, that one... I always replay the Castlevania and the Metroid games because I just know those do it for me. And I'm like, if I'm going to play a video game, why don't I go to something I know I really enjoy? Um, by the way, finish that Castlevania cartoon show on Netflix, please. You guys will like it. But uh, one other game I, I bought this year on the Switch. The Towns and I share the Switch. It's his Switch, but we, you know, I play it. Um, one thing, Eric, that's funny is that he finally mastered Minecraft. Like, something clicked in him, and he's a Minecraft master now. And I'm sure you saw that with uh, Lennox as well. It's it, They go from not understanding it at all to now he's, like, speaking another language, and he's in the Matrix. But it wouldn't be a year-end thing on a pod like a whole episode to not talk about uh, any, any records that cranked our gears this year. We're probably going to repeat ourselves from ones we've talked about on numerous episodes before. But let's just keep it keep it simple. Your favorite album of the year, by whatever metric you think you need to say. And also, one other album that really uh, was something you want to talk about. Eric, we'll start with you, because your list is probably literally ten times longer than Mark's, Mark's and I's. Oh, yeah. My... Two, two. You speak of two records, Eric. One no, best of the year, and I'm then not, one plus one. I'm not going to follow your rules, but I'll make it quick. You don't have to worry about that. Um, well, this is, you know, it's funny. I was just talking about my kid so much because you sound just like him. <laughs> yeah, Dad, you can't tell me what to do. Uh, listen, listen. It was big year for, for Trent. He, you know, the Halsey record's great. His work with uh, Health, great. Actually had quite a year of diving into Health's back catalog. I couldn't recommend that enough uh but you know probably my favorite some of my favorite albums that gets the most spins and steve i know i pass this on to you as well was the um ball halls never sleep uh ball hall is the band never sleep is the album uh they somewhere in between dark wave and uh and witch house uh dark dark uh lyrics uh Sometimes Depeche Mode sounding music, sometimes uh, a little bit more noisy. Um, I, I do love that album quite a bit. I'm not going to necessarily say it's my number one, but it's the one that's popping out at me right now. So there you go, and it's perfect for winter. So I could not recommend it. You know, it, it 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 really is perfect for winter. I I decided rereading all the Hellboy comics is perfect for winter, and I asked you to send me a uh, a Witch House playlist, I think. Yeah. Or something yeah. of that nature, and you put them on there. And I've just been shuffling it a lot. Like, I added that playlist to my other Hellboy reading playlist, which is like, uh, you know, Tom Waits and, uh, you know, Wolves in the Throne Room. Sure. uh, Things of that nature. Um, And I was just like, whoa, what is this? And then I I asked you, like, have you heard of them? (laughs) I think I texted you. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, I told you about them. You learned about them from me, Steve. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's, so I'm going to go ahead and just say like, that's a big eye opener for me, that band and, and, and go check them out. Um, but you know, other recommendations, I already, I already recommended that headless nameless band. I think, you know, if you like gothy shoegaze, you're going to like it. Turnstile, we already talked about that one being a banger. Um, and you know what? This is a hell of a year for British rappers. They are so silly ATV riding little punks, but I love the Bad Boy Chiller crew, and they put out a new EP this year that's a lot of fun. And then Little Little Sims is uh, she's a lady rapper from the UK. Um, her song Introvert is so epic; it reminds me of the epic uh, title track from like Deltron 33. She's great. That's a great song. So um, that there you go. That not following the rules, but getting in, getting out. There you have it. I mean, for me, um, my album of the year came unexpectedly. Uh, of course, you know, this year, um, had some really great records. Nick Cave came out with an album um, that was pretty subdued. I'm still waiting for uh, him to kind of get more into uh, rock and mood. We talked about that when Carnage was released. You know, Steven introduced me to a uh, band called Gojira um, and uh, the record Fortitude um, certainly uh, caught my interest further at time. Mastodon, of course, came out with a double album that 
uh, you know, blew the barn doors off and, um, you know, they do high quality work. But the one album that I cannot stop listening to um, is, and I, I, we talked about this on one of our little, I talked about it, I brought it up, but Death Heaven, um, that Infinite Granite record has just got into my soul. Um, it is like, it's a virus at this point. Um, and for a while there, that band, you know, pretty divisive is what I've read. Hold on, hold on. Hold your, hold your thought. Got into your soul like a virus. Like Omicron, the nomad soul. <laughs> exactly. But I don't believe it's as contagious as that, uh, thing that's just wreaking havoc worldwide. Um, well, don't be so sure. Their song uh, "Great Mass of Color" made my top my top twenty five songs of the year. I mean that song, uh, the previous song on that record in Blur, um, the closing track Mombasa. Um, that whole record for me is uh, it, it is one of the things that it is such a huge departure from their previous works, but still being able to still have a little elements in there thrown in there that. Uh, just made it for me like um, highly listenable because you know Sunbather as great of a record that is uh, New Bermuda is also a pretty fantastic piece of music um, but it's not always going to be something you want to put on um, in front of the wife and kids um, I think that there's a few songs on Infinite Granite um, that uh, are so mainstream uh, like they sound like post rock from the late 90s um george clark the singer is actually trying to do his best tears for fears vocals on some of those tracks um that that record infinite granite man i cannot stop listening to it it's made me appreciate even their earlier works um and to that end i think it's actually opened my um ears to some of the other bands out there that uh, steve has been banging on for a while uh wolves in the throne room uh for one um i've now come to realize the goblin vocals don't uh necessarily bother me it's the cookie monster deep-throated uh you know deicide and cannibal corpse nonsense that puts me off on black metal um and you know one of the things that i, I don't particularly care for in black metal and steve can school me on this that's black like we talked about in the Behemoth episode, um, but the corpse paint, uh, you know, Death Heaven don't rock that stuff, and neither do Wolves in the Throne Room. They... What's wrong with corpse paint? That's just it... a fucking corpse paint. I hear you, man. It's just like wearing a jacket. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like if you have to do, like, makeup in order to, like, put on a show, I I don't know. I That's just never been my sensibility. Um, and even though, like, I'm a huge Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails fan, they used to do their little cornstarch and things like that but honestly as um, is the uh, the other guy that we uh, kicked yeah. off the show Ma uh, Marilyn Manson that guy yeah. is untouchable and he enjoyed his makeup quite a bit yeah <laughs> yeah um, but yeah he's off the artistic roll call for good um, but uh, yeah I mean uh, that's my one big album of the year for me it hit me on an emotional level um, I listen to at least a couple tracks off those pretty much every goddamn day on a commute if I can't think of anything else to listen to. Um, and uh, my one other recommendation, don't really have one because, you know, I don't listen to a lot of modern music these day and age. I really bounce between, you know, preparing for the show, going through stupid run-throughs, whichever strikes my fancy, and um, listen to a lot of podcasts uh, besides ours. So... Um, yeah, I'm not keeping up with music of the day anymore. It's just one of those things that I need to be like, hey, listen to this, asshole. And that's how I actually get discovered to new music. Yep. Yeah, my my two suggestions, or my album of the year and my suggestion, are ones I've brought up to you guys, and I know I've mentioned one of the bands on the show before. And uh, like Eric, I'm probably just going to break the rule I tried to make and rattle off a few things here. Most of which I'm sure we've talked about this year. Uh, but as far as my album of the year goes, hands down, it's, it's Tribulations, When the Gloom Becomes a Sound. And I've been, I've been banging the Tribulation drum since I heard of them in 2015. 
I have a lot of fond memories of discovering them right after my son was born and uh, transitional period in my family's life of moving back to the hills and uh, just started a new job that I'm still at and just their album really just seemed like something something new to me um, in the last three albums including that album they've expanded their sound a little bit they've broadened their palette but they still sound like the same band and they are from their Norwegian band that has tinges of folk to their their stuff but it's 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 basically it starts with the black metal type sound but then it's got like some joy division and cure elements some real atmosphere to it you could actually dance to some of their songs probably there's some psychedelia psychedelia there's some prog rock mixed in and at the end of the day the lead singer still sounds like a goblin and it doesn't take away from it um they're just really good and some of the, the guitar interplay is pretty elaborate but never overwhelming i just really I, I think they strike a perfect balance between good musicianship and catchy songwriting and being heavy it's really awesome and yes they wear corpse paint and they wear it well um the, the other the other big big album i like this year is by a band called panopticon which is basically folk mu- appalachian folk music meets black metal and they released a new album this year in 2021 i think it's like and we went into the light or something of that nature is the name i think you guys should check it out you'll probably like it uh, i think i sent it your way um it's a really good mix you know those those two sounds i like those two types of music separately and when you smash them together in a good way the it's a wonderful sound to me and you know appalachian people love nature because they live in it for the most part and most of the best black metal is about cold wintry places good mix uh, i mean other stuff that came out this year that nick cave big b-side album was actually really good it's uh, pretty cohesive for a b-side record i think it's much better than the last b-side collection just because it's just one record uh, I think it's definitely worth checking out. There's some songs on there that I would put on the all-timer list, actually. Uh, the new Iron Maiden album was better than expected. I got a lot of spins this year. Uh, never never going to stop loving Iron Maiden, but the fact those guys have been around for almost 50 years and they can still put out a great record is awesome. It's very epic in scope. Um, they might need an editor, but I'm not going to tell them that. Uh, that band, The Armed, they put out a pretty cool record. The Armed are kind of, I mean, they're kind of like Turnstile. Uh, big, heavy, maximal post-rock, I guess. And uh, nobody really knows who's in the band that's part of the thing. It might be members of a few other bands I like and uh, Converge, among other bands. Nobody's really sure. I'm not sure who's in that band. But The Armed, The Armed is worth checking out. It's like really heavy pop music. And uh, you might, uh, the, my album of the year being Tribulation, I think I could pick a song of the year is off that Mastodon album. And I know these are all cliched coming from me, but what are you going to do? Uh, that Mastodon record, the last track is called Gigantium. And we've mentioned it on the show before, but it really just hit me hard this year with having to put my dog down. Listening to that record that's a lot of, a lot of it is based around losing something you care about. And that song in particular, just uh, the last three minutes of that song, the lyrics, the way that uh, Brand Daler sings those lyrics, and then, um, oh, his name escapes me, the guitar player with the tattoos in his face, his guitar solo at the end, it is such an awesome way to close a record. So Gigantium would probably be my song of the year. It got a lot of spins just listening to that song over and over and over and over again. And then the thing that makes me happiest this year, music related, is Mark talking about getting into Wolves of the Throne Room, a band I've adored for many years. And uh, they, def- they definitely can make a big, epic sound that blasts into, the, into space and travels forever. They're really good with their echoing guitar rings. So that's fun. That's fun. It's fun to hear one of my best friends getting into one of my favorite things. 
And that's my 2021 music report. Uh, so good. Well, gentlemen, happy holidays to you both. Thank you for stopping by. Um, now get out. I hear you. Yeah, I need you. I'm gonna. I need you to leave. I am going to go sit down and watch the Metallica streaming special. And you guys have a ride home, or what are you doing? Don't worry about us. Yeah, I thought um, I'd just hitch a ride with Mark. I don't have enough for an Uber to get home, so I thought you... It's not too far out of your way, Mark. Drop me off first before you head home, right? I mean, I rode my bike, so get on the handles, buddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Gonna need some chapstick after this ride home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know right. what they say. Those aren't pillows. <laughs> <laughs> and with that... Uh, Steven, put her there because you brought us closer to pod. That's right. That's right. Merry, merry holidays, Steven. Merry holidays. You can just say merry. You can just say merry Christmas. You can just say merry Christmas, Eric. <laughs>